Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. Titus chapter 2. You, however, must teach what is appropriate to sound doctrine. Teach the older men to be temperate, worthy of respect, self-controlled, and sound in faith, in love, and endurance. Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way that they live, not to be slanderers or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, and to be subject to their husbands, so that no one will malign the Word of God. Similarly, encourage the young men to be self-controlled. In everything, set them an example by doing what is good. In your teaching, show integrity, seriousness, and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned, so that those who oppose you may be ashamed, because they have nothing bad to say about us. Teach slaves to be subject to their masters in everything, to try to please them, not to talk back to them, and not to steal from them, but to show that they can be fully trusted, so that in every way they will make the teaching about God our Savior attractive. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age, while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for Himself a people that are His very own, eager to do what is good. These, then, are the things you should teach. Encourage and rebuke with all authority. Do not let anyone despise you. Along with instruction for church leaders, there is plenty of instruction contained within this letter for individual believers. And so he begins, you must teach what is appropriate to sound doctrine. This is his instruction to Titus. And then he says, what do you teach? Teach older men to be temperate. So we have uh, instruction for older men. Be worthy of respect, be self-controlled, and sound in the faith and in love and endurance. So you are to respect the elders. Paul instructs them to be worthy of that respect. The older men should live in such a way that the younger people are able to respect them, and they should be able to show self-control, and they uh, would be sound in the faith, and also in love and endurance. This endurance implies a a long season of walking with the Lord consistently, not on-again, off-again relationship. Verse 3, he speaks to women, especially the older women. He says, likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way that they live, not to be slanderers or addicted to much wine but to teach what is good. The older women can then teach the younger women to love their husbands and children. They can teach them to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind and be subject to their own husbands, so that no one will malign the word of God. 
in a similar way, encourage the young men to be self-controlled. And so all of these instructions, although they are identified by different groups that Paul is naming, old men, old women, younger women, younger men, and so forth, all of these instructions are applicable to all of us. Both parishioner and pastor alike must follow these instructions that are laid down. This is appropriate behavior for Christians in all generations. And so it, we're always cautioned to be self-controlled. We're always cautioned not to be indulgent, overindulgent with drinking and, and drunk and so forth. We're always encouraged to be kind and to be loving. This is part of the heritage of every believer. And then Paul makes this point to Titus, and I want to just focus on this for a minute. He says, in everything, set them an example by doing what is good. Now, that is very challenging. You see, we who call ourselves Christians are always on display. And whereas your family and friends may ridicule you or tease you or make fun about your faith in Christ and your self-proclaimed Christianity, they are, in fact, observing to see if there is something good in us that would challenge them that they would want. And so we are, by design, little individual living parables to those who know us, both those friends we have at work, um, our associates where we live, our family, our extended family. The Lord intended that we would be lights set on a hill. It's one of the examples he used. So in our faith, we should be examples to older people, younger people, to women, to men. We should be able to encourage uh, them by our godly character toward Jesus Christ, who made us the way we are. We should be able to point to the fact that we're different uh, because of Jesus' influence in our lives. And so he says, set an example to the people around you. In your teaching, show integrity, seriousness, soundness of speech that cannot be condemned, so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us. And so the same should be said about me and you. Uh, yes, I'm a pastor. Yes, this is my vocation. But nonetheless, the Lord is counting on you to set an example for the lost around you as well. We should all live as examples to the people around us. And I know that none of us are perfect. I'm not claiming perfection. But day in and day out, we should be representing the Lord in a way that encourages people to desire what we have. Paul gives a little brief teaching to slaves. I want to read it, and then I want to talk about it. He says in verse 9, "...teach slaves to be subject to their masters in everything, to try to please them, not talk back to them, and not to steal from them, but to show that they can be fully trusted, so that in every way they will make the teaching about God our Savior attractive." Now, friends, I want to ask you a question, and then I'll answer my own question. Does this passage that I just read about slaves mean that Paul endorses slavery? And the answer is absolutely not. Paul did not endorse slavery. He was dealing with the culture in which he was trying to spread the gospel. This culture of Crete included slaves. The culture of the Roman Empire included uh, slaves and slavery in Paul's day. So he wanted the slaves to become believers. His mission statement was not to free the slaves from slavery. His mission statement was to free the lost from their bondage to sin and death. And so slaves were heirs of salvation, just as their masters were. Paul is instructing slaves in how to behave because they were slaves who became Christians, and yet they remained in their slavery. 
Paul, it was not Paul's job to overthrow the Roman Empire and to break up the system of slavery that existed. It was Paul's job, if you will, his um, a mandate from heaven was to teach men and women how to behave in a Christ-like manner. And so some of those people in that culture were slaves, some were masters. Paul never addressed whether slavery was an evil or not, but he did address the fact repeatedly that we all stand before a holy God and that in Christ there's neither slave nor master. He addressed that for certain. So Paul is giving a cultural word that was applicable in that season to slaves. It is by no means a carte blanche uh, endorsement of slavery in all cultures in every generation. Although some have said that, it's not true. By God's grace, we were born how we were born. Sadly, some were born slaves, some were born free, but we're all eligible for salvation in Christ, and in Christ we're all equal. God, our Savior, makes us equal, one new man born again in Jesus Christ. Verse 11, for the grace of God has appeared that offered salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So Paul is instructing us, to say no to ungodliness and the passions of the flesh, and to live lives self-controlled in Christ, to live godly lives that are an example to those around us. And he mentions, while we wait for the blessed hope. Well, what is the blessed hope Paul's talking about? He says, it is the appearance of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, from time to time, you'll hear people say the blessed hope is this or that, but the Bible says the blessed hope is the return of our Lord Jesus Christ, the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is our Savior and our King. He is coming again, friends, literally, physically, coming again to planet Earth. And He's coming for a people who have been redeemed from all nations, every tribe, tongue, and nation, male and female, Jew and Greek, Gentile and Jew. Old women, old men, young women, young men, children, he's coming for everybody that are his own. And for those people who have purified themselves in him and been redeemed from all wickedness, that's who Jesus is coming for. So we must be willing to expose sin in our own lives and in the lives of others. We must be willing to be an example to people and to encourage people to do what's right in Christ. You shouldn't expect lost people to behave like saved people. In other words, don't expend all your energy trying to correct the behavior of people who don't yet know the Lord. They're behaving like lost sinners, as indeed they should. But once we come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, there's a different standard for our behavior. In the kingdom of God, in the family of God, we should encourage God's people to live lives worthy of the cross of Christ that bought us our freedom and our salvation. Verse 15, Paul says, By these behaviors, then, these are the things you should teach. Encourage and rebuke with all authority, and don't let anyone despise you. It's easy to encourage, friends. It's difficult sometimes to correct and to rebuke. But Paul instructs us that we should do both. Encourage where encouragement is needed, correct where correction is needed, and outright rebuke within the house of God where rebuke is needed. It's not an option. Honestly, we need it. I need it. You need it. So, Lord, I pray that we would be like these people Paul described, that we would live and teach appropriate sound doctrine. 
Lord, that we would live worthy of respect, self-controlled, sound in the faith, full of love and endurance. I pray, Lord, that we would not be slanderers or addicted to much wine. I pray, Lord, we would be pure at heart, busy in our own homes, kind, and our wives would be subject to their husbands, and husbands would be subject to their own wives. I pray, Lord, that we would encourage those that are lost to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Lord, help us with these things. You set us an example even above Paul's example. May we never live sight of the life that you lived, Jesus, nor of the sacrificial death you died. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.